guys, welcome to the first podcast of the only Ultima Online Outlands podcast. Uh, we're calling it Inside Outlands. And our plan so far, just to kind of develop this thing as we go, um, joining me today, I have my co-host, Nate Ryle. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, we, we uh, you hit me up to do this and it seems like a good idea. Max Hype. So you talk me into it pretty easy. <laughs> we'll see how this goes uh, six months later. We're all still into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, no promises at this point, but I'm going to try to keep it regular. And uh, as long as the community's wanting to hear more, um, I think I'll probably be excited to do it. Um, joining us today, we have Phoenix. He's our uh, guest speaker. Um, kind of the heavy PVP or among us three. We can't speak to PvP. I haven't done it in 20 years very much, and uh, Nate's fairly new to the game, so he's our PvP guy. Welcome, uh, Phoenix. Hello. Yeah, I kind of figured uh, I would be the new player perspective. I, I played a little bit of you in the past, but very, very minimal. And then my trip, you're kind of our old vet. It's been around forever. We'll try to hit hit the community when it's uh, when it's applicable to to pull in people that could speak to a topic. Like if we're going to hit up faction warfare one week, we'll get a, a heavy faction warfare guy in. Or if we're going to talk like treasure hunting, we'll try to find someone that that treasure hunts. Yeah, there's a lot of different facets you could approach in that angle. <clears throat> get a couple dev interviews, keep things topical. You know what, what's going big in the community. We'll try to talk about that and put out a weekly show. I think so. If at a later date another podcast pops up, I know Owen and the, the devs had toyed around with the idea, but I haven't heard anything lately, so I don't know how that's going to go. But if we have competition, um, that's that's good. The more people in the community, the better. Um, what we'll probably do if that happens is try to supplement each other. So if they're focusing on patch notes and things like that, you know, we're, we'll go the other direction and kind of do the community thing while they do the professional thing on their end. I think the community thing is a great idea, personally. I, I yeah. think if you guys can catch the feel of the community, people are always going to tune into that. Yeah. Well, that's definitely going to be our, our heavy focus. Nate and I are newer to this particular server than than you, so as we're learning the game, we'll probably bring on ex- experts in, each, in different subjects, such as you know maybe treasure hunting, fishing, uh we got PvP today. You know everyone wants to hear about taming, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Taming. I think this server, man, people want to hear about summoning. What yeah. they did yeah, with the, probably. the spirit yep. stones. and yeah. yeah, summoning is actually really strong here. Maybe uh, bring on um, Nate and I are currently in the guild, uh, Beard Brothers. Shout oh, nice. out to those guys. They're, they're a pretty cool group. Um, yeah, that's a good choice. Papa Carl is, I would say, experiment with summoning and probably one of the preferred pve builds on the game so maybe we'll bring him in here one day or or someone like that and you know talk about pve as well yeah i think you could hit it on a lot of the different experts and yeah. some of them some of them might be downs some of them might be like fuck you you never know yeah and if you guys have any um ideas for the game on the discord there's a there's a, a section for ideas go ahead and hit us up let us know what you would like to hear if you want to contribute to the podcast, let us know. We're you know we're always open to change our agenda or maybe episode two d- down the road. Um, you know, work something in. 
Yeah, even if it doesn't fit the whatever show format we end up sticking to, we can always do a special episode uh, with a different format, maybe. If the devs actually do do a podcast, I think a community-run podcast will, will feel different. So we'll still have a, a place out there, I think. Yeah, if if they're covering a lot of stuff, maybe we'll go from an hour to 40 minutes or something like that. Uh, we'll just play it as it goes. Uh, why don't we run through uh, history, our history with Euro? We could probably start with you, Phoenix. What's kind of your background with the game? Okay, so I, I started back, and I think, shit, I was, I think I was 13 years old, which was either 1997 or 1998. And I had my best friend at the time, was more of a nerd than I was. And, uh, you know, one day he was like, my cousin plays this game. It's really cool. You should check it out. Because we were playing StarCraft at the time. So I'm like, okay. So we check it out, and I got in the world, and I started running around, and I got killed by an ogre or something, you know, and I was, you know, at first I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is crazy. So then I go back, and, you know, there's people all over the place, and there's all this shit going on, and I couldn't believe the depth of the game when I first started trying to figure out, I mean, I was such a noob that all this stuff was brand new to me, and there was so much to learn, and I seen all these cool guys running around doing cool shit, and I'm just stuck here with my little katana and a wooden shield trying to figure out life and to me that was like an overwhelming thought i had never played a game that challenged me so much as far as progress progression in the game and to me that's worth a lot in mmos historically i like pvp and stuff like that but at the end of the day i really want whatever effort i put into the game to progress me further and to be able to consistently stay in that track of getting better so that was on chesapeake and i sucked almost the whole time then over the years well, i tried was that your your age or like you're just being new to mmos or was it both, ultimate so both, pretty much i think i mean the only game i had played really on a pc up until that point was starcraft so i was in a whole new world and there's all these macros and shit and i'm like oh god it was overwhelmed but then after that, I went to Siege for a while. I tried out a couple different places. Ended up on Hybrid for a while, like that. Then one of the guys from my guild on Hybrid, which is a big guild, dragged me on to IPY2. And when I hit IPY2, it was like a new experience for me because it dragged me right back to the initial feeling I used to have in the day of being, A, very vulnerable everywhere you went. B, having your efforts really mean something in the long run, whether that be resources or farming or whatever. C, having that, that constant feeling of like, you know, there's more out here for me to find and, and do that's new and custom, and but still had that old feel about it. And so that's what really basically, I guess, was the plant that brought me here at this at this point because – that followed a line. Eventually, Luthius and Abigor and those guys took over that server code. It became UO Ancorp, which I, which I played the first one, not that seriously, but the second one we took pretty seriously. And then after that, I went to Relpor, which Luthius also had an original development contribu contribution to. And then that basically landed us here. Yeah, it sounds like you followed the direct line from the, these custom shards straight to... To Outlands. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, after, you know, I tried playing OSI, I tried going back and back and back over the years, even after playing hybrid and stuff like that. 
And even though I had all the artifacts and all the skills and all the scrolls and whatever I needed, it was never, it never felt right to me again after, you know, what I knew to be PVP and that feeling of just like being vulnerable. It didn't feel like there was anybody in the world that you could run into. Everybody's playing in Tramel. It was just, to me, it didn't have the same feel and it didn't do it for me. So I had to go back into the free shark community to find what I really wanted out of gaming. Or you said tr- Tramel. Is it Tramel or Trammel? I, I always <laughs> think it's interesting when people pronounce it uh, different. I don't know. I always pronounce it Trammel, but, um, you know, there's no official. I think it's probably Trammel. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I can run through my history real quick because mine is, is very quick. Uh, I, you yeah, know, sorry if that was long-winded. <laughs> uh, you're, well, you played the game a lot, a lot longer than I did for sure. You know, it came out, what, 98, 97? I think it was technically 97, yeah. Yeah, at that time I was I was playing MUDs, probably an AOL and CompuServe, and then and then I, I went to college in two thousand. So before that, I had I was in EverQuest, so I kind of missed UO in its heyday, never really playing it. So after college, it was kind of it was on my to do list to go check out, and I, I didn't do that until Railpour. So Railpour was my first UO experience, which is out of a lot of similarities to what Outlands is doing. A yep. custom map, Very smaller much. map, more PvP oriented, k- hitting all the uh, points I want in a sandbox. Uh, so I went there and played that for maybe a month. It was a lot of macroing. I had no idea what I was doing. And that old client is just awful. At least having no nostalgia for UO. And I, so I left that and went to the official server for a little bit, maybe a, a month or two. Um, but that's a lot of if you play that now it's a a lot of items getting the right gear it's it's feels like a yeah it's it's just not the same kind of experience so i kind of fell off it um and and then mind trip started talking about outlands about a year ago there's that development forum thread they had that kind of laid out what they're doing and just like real poor you know it starts ticking all those boxes you know in-game pvp focused uh, custom content, smaller map, but I still was skeptical because of the old client. So when I came uh, came back to try it in beta, when they announced the the launch date, I, I used the Orion client, which kind of fixed most of my issues. No longer was it 12 FPS, but it was 144 FPS and running butter buttery smooth. And then that, the map is so cool. Yeah, it's there's life in it everywhere. It's uh, the newbie dungeon's awesome. So that got me to stay. I think now I can play the older client, but when I first started, I, I needed that. I needed to kind of be eased into that 12 FPS <laughs> macroing. I, I can play Steam and Razor just fine now, but yeah, I needed a, a week or two to onboard. I guess. I think that's a great point yeah. too, and I think that I'll, that the Orion client itself just the look and feel of it for a lot of these guys that are either coming back from a long time or coming for the first time and try that makes it a lot livable for them because I can I can see how the old client is off-putting to a lot of people that aren't used to it. I'm used to it, so it doesn't phase me, but I think you make a great point with the Orion client. I think it's done a lot for grabbing people and holding them. Yeah, yes and no. Real quick before you get the mind trip, if Ryan client's really buggy and that can turn people off too. When they start to die and things are all black around you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would say try it. And if the bugs get you just immediately switch to, to razor or steam 
but it was a good way for me anyways to kind of ease myself into playing and uh and settling back into the client what about you mind trip how'd you get into uo yeah so i guess it must have been early 98 i uh walked into a game store and i seen the box and i had no idea what an mmo was or you know maybe an rpg but rpgs in my mind were totally different because most of the rpgs in the early days were like first person and i wasn't really i didn't really know what to expect but the salesman was like man this is awesome you gotta try and i was like all right whatever i think it was like 30 bucks so i picked it up and uh went to brick graveyard killed a few skeletons and like some dudes like helping me out and man i just never really had a social game before and i was immediately hooked and uh you know after that that was on atlantic um official osi server i must have played like a year there started a guild we had an nipk guild at one point once it shrunk um it's harder to run nipk with a small amount of players so we, we turned to pks <laughs> The, the the first idea is we're going to help the community, but um, you get to the point where you kind of get bored and want to try new stuff, and uh, <laughs> we wanted the challenge of being in PK, so we tried that. So, you know, uh, maybe a year later, you know, I had millions of gold, and we had bought, like, a big guild house. I think it was, like, a two-story um, blaster or something, and, man, it was just, like, the crazy stuff that went on back in the old days. It really hooked you in. Um, it was really the Wild West because... Yeah. The developers, they didn't really, um, they weren't really proactive in fixing bugs and exploits. They waited until it happened. They slapped you on the wrist for doing that exploit. Then they fixed it. So we knew if, unless we were doing something really bad, like duping millions of gold, they weren't going to do anything to us. So we tried every exploit in the game. Um, it it was fun. You know, maybe I'll share one of those stories later. So my second year in, I uh, became a counselor on Chesapeake. Um, I was counselor Maelstrom and actually worked for a guy named Senior Counselor Mindtrip. And my name is kind of in his honor because after after they shut down the counselor program, I never seen him again. But he was a really cool guy. You know, I, got, I was in the Marine Corps. I got deployed overseas. Um Kind of uh, went to EverQuest after that and didn't go back to Ultima for a long time. Got into the private servers. I think I tried uh, Forever and Renaissance, uh, uh, the Second Age. It sounds like you stuck to the, the private shards that tried to stick to or recreate old ages of UO. Renaissance. Sounds like mostly Renaissance. Yeah. I wanted everything before uh, item insurance for sure. I don't know. Those were those were all really good servers. It just felt like the damn world was so big, you wouldn't run into anybody. So it didn't feel like an MMO. And one thing that drew me to Outlands was the this um, half size map, all the new great ideas. We had some new players that had no idea, but almost everything in this game has been changed, and uh, it's it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty refreshing to come in and be able to use these skills that had very limited or no use before. Um, almost every skill in the game gives you a little bonus to PVE damage um, or even a smaller amount of PVP damage. So uh, all skills can be somewhat useful at least. So yeah, that's what drew me here. And um, I guess I've been hanging out with Nate a couple of years now. Um 
he's been podcasting for about 10 years or actually probably longer than that. So he's kind of my mentor. This is my first podcast, um, um, that I started my own. It was my idea. Nate was kind of the brains behind the tech and, uh, you know, structure stuff like that. So, uh, he's going to help me out and, uh, we'll get several guests on here and maybe some developers and, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, let's see. We could go over some news. Or we could we could utilize Phoenix and pick his PvP brain, whichever one you want to do, Mind Trip. Yeah, let's let's hit the news up real quick. Um, you want to start since you actually caught the Twitch AMA. Anyone who hasn't watched it and you've got two hours to kill, Owen and uh, Clicks CLX, I think. Uh, in the background, they had. I think it was Expo. Expo. He was running around with the Orion client. So if you haven't checked the Orion client out, that's one way to do it is watch that Twitch stream the whole time he's running across the map in the Orion client. It was a really good AMA, I feel like, too. They they went over a lot of stuff that's worthy of watching. Yeah, you've got you've got that. You've got the Sandbox podcast, not my other podcast. Uh, Mind Tripper's on that. Uh, we had Quint. We had Owen. It's about an hour and a half long. Uh, there's some overlap in the AMA and that. Uh, I think there's probably more overall info in, in the AMA, but the podcast is kind of a deep dive with Owen, which is kind of cool. You get to learn more about you know him and what made what, what made him work on this map for 8,000 hours. Yeah, I felt like it was a really good interview. Uh, yeah, the AMA was good, though. They answered something like 30 questions from the community, kind of went over everything. Yeah, I felt like they went over a lot. Yeah, I'm having a hard time remembering anything that was that was – that we didn't really know before he went in there. He talked a little bit about what they're going to do in the future. Maybe they may bring back samurai and uh, necromancy in some form. I thought that was interesting. I know that's in live, but it's most free shards don't have that, uh, especially the stuff that does second age like the shards doing. And the other bit of news we had is the patch notes. They there's a, Luthius, every time he puts out a patch note, just a long ass list of stuff he's changed. I don't know where that guy gets the time. <laughs> to, I, I don't even know, man. It's just superhuman. This one, though, I think one cool thing is begging. If you took begging before, it seemed like that might be something you would put on an alt. Like you would go around, beg for all your crew members for the ship the, the ship part of the game. But now you may want to have that on your main pirate build because there's some bonuses to your crew members. You kind of like do an AOE beg on your ship and your crew members now get a... Uh, wrestling bonus and a combat like a damage bonus. So it might be good for someone that's running around the ship pirating. They put in a fame and karma system. Was that in before? Did you guys? Yeah. Yeah. We have fame and karma. I heard it's a little different now. Used to be like when you hit dread Lord, I think, or uh, illustrious Lord, the name would be above your head and it's not that way on the server. Uh, I imagine Owen had his reason for doing that. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with that Phoenix. I think, if anything, it probably boils down to screen spam. People are going to have titles, guilds above their heads, uh, faction titles. It, it could get out of hand. I mean, when I was on UO Ancorp, there was a system that Luthius implemented about, I don't know, pretty far through the life of the server. But basically, to make a long story short, you could pay a bunch of money <clears throat> in a certain town to buy these little lottery tickets which would affect your influence um, on that town. And if you were the biggest 
influencer, you would get this title. Uh, it was usually the merchant of, you know, whatever. Most of them were short, but I, I, I was the one for Buccaneers Den. And, dude, I had a fucking massive paragraph above my head after you considered everything that was on the screen. So it was kind of like a journal <laughs> eater. I don't know if that's... Yeah. And, it, you know, it can block people's clicking and stuff like that, too, sometimes. I, I don't know if that's where his mindset was, but I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it if it was. Yeah. Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to skim through these show notes now, or the the uh, patch notes, if there's anything else big we're talking about. It's a lot of stuff, though. Yeah, you could really go ham on all the different rules and stuff. I don't, I know the plant system is, is in... Because that wasn't done, so it looks like we're we're getting that at launch. I don't. Do we have a uh, horse breeding yet? Is that in the game? I believe so. I just don't know if anybody's had the chance to test it because housing hasn't been in for very long, and I, somebody may have and just not posted anything about it. Yeah, I don't know how popular of a system it's going to be. I'm sure tamers and shit will do it though. Yeah, I was wondering how exactly how it's going to work. Like, if you need a particular type of house, with like, I noticed like some of those big compounds have like. Uh, fences around them like you would yeah. have like a little farm and stalls yeah i don't i don't know what's what's gonna be required here's here's a bit of interesting thing from the patch notes the the shrine and how those work are tweaked a little bit so it sounds like when you when you finish those shrines which are going to for sure have pvp around them right the rewards will go straight to your your character if you're within 30 tiles and if you're away from it it'll go to the boss and you'll have to come in and loot it so there's probably opportunity to to get the loot from other players as they finish it too. Swoop in. Yeah. I think one good tactic could be to swoop them out or swoop in, kill them. And when they come back in and try to get it from the boss, uh, 10 minutes later, they, they can kill them again. Well, that's, that's always an age old tactic. Even when it comes down to bosses or mini bosses, any sequential spawn where somebody's going to have to work through, you know, X amount of waves or, you know, do a significant amount of damage over time to one single creature. People are always going to scout you. They're always going to come at the last second and undo all your effort. They don't care if they have to go gray looting this corpse in a dungeon. There's nobody around to kill them, and they're already red. Yeah, this will be interesting, especially since it involves so much PVE and challenging PVE at that. Like, this stuff's not easy to do. No. It's not a capture the flag territory type of thing. You have to sit here and fight waves of stuff off. And the rewards seem like they're they're worth it. Oh yeah, they they definitely are. If, if you go all the way through a boss and you finish it, you're gonna you're gonna reap some serious rewards. It's just how contended are they gonna be? That's that's the thing I would I would worry a lot of PVEers are gonna get burnt out on is that they're gonna waste all this effort, all these resources, taking a boss down ten percent or you know whatever the guild, the PK guild decides to come in at. And they're going to lose that all and then rage quit. Yeah, this this to me sounds more like a PvP event thing than a PvE. Even though there's a lot of mob fighting, the only way you're going to walk away with that loot is, is if you're ready for the PvP that comes. Yeah, you got to defend yourself to some degree. So before when we were doing champ spawns, champ spawns is, you know, the similar idea. It's just yep. maybe on a grander scale. But anyway... When we were doing champ spawns, if we actually wanted to walk away with those power scrolls that would drop, we would hire mercenaries to form a perimeter, intercept PKs, and and pay them well because that was really the only way you were guaranteed to walk away with some loot. Well, on the flip side of that coin, 
when I was on Chesapeake towards the end, I joined a guild that was called Champs that had, at any given time, about 50 fucking PKs on. So, I mean, I don't know how you stop 50 PKs unless you have... Oh, no. I'm talking more. about small groups. <laughs> and we would just roll into these champ spawns. At the la- you know, we had a bunch of scouts, too, and the scout would just post something, and I forget what it was at the time, maybe IRC or fucking something like that. And then we'd all roll in at the same time in Ventrilo and just just make a bloody mess, take everything, and leave. It was, just, it was like taking candy from a baby. It was the ultimate Zerg thing. So... That, I think, has the potential to occur here. There's a couple guilds that are big enough. There are probably going to be some PK Zergs. So, it's just something, and they're going to be scouting, too. It's not something you just take on willy-nilly running around with all those PKs when you don't know what you're walking into. So, a lot of times, it's a calculated decision to move in on these people that have spent all this time and effort so that you can just take the least time and effort and take all their scraps. Hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah, and, and this Outland server, at least to me, seems like it's a a getting back together of of the gang for Ultima Online, a, as in it's drawing interest from from everyone from all sorts of sharks. Yeah. And, I recognize and a lot of names. So this is going to be big, and this this may recreate, especially with the smaller map, exactly that that feeling you had playing this thing back in ninety nine, ninety eight. Yep, I agree with uh, that. This could be some wild ass territory, so, especially around these type of events. One thing that's different from those old champ spawns was Owen's actually put, or Owen and Luthius have actually put way more things in the game, like uh, the shrines and stuff. So there might be more going on simultaneously. So someone just slips through the cracks of the PKs. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. You'd be su- you'd be surprised how resourceful uh, some scouts could be, I think. <laughs> yeah, I might be. Um, like I said, it's been a long time since I really uh, PvP'd. Oh, this guy knows. <laughs> yeah, champs. Woo. People surprise you. There's always someone out there putting in more hard work than you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. How many players are we at right now for this stress test? Do you guys know? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think I think I saw something about 600, but I don't know if that was accurate. I think it was just like a. Yeah, well, they've not done their job yet because the server is still up, right? I tab, I just tapped over and I'm still in the game. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm still fine. Ultimately, I guess you want it to hold at least 600 because that's about how many Discord users we have. Plus, I, if you said three clients each, I mean, who knows the maximum we might have logged on one day. I bet you this weekend we have over a thousand at one time, yeah. at least at some point. Yeah, I think so. Good thing is Renduro, and I know that he's changed it a lot. It's it's pretty stable. It's been running these servers for ten years now, or however long. So we should be okay. I don't think we'll have any kind of crazy server stability, but I guess we'll see what happens this weekend. As long as long as we get in there and play, I think I could deal with some lag, some disconnects. Hopefully, we can actually get in there and make some progress on our on our guys. Yeah, the main thing that I would really be worried about with a launch, because I've been through it in the past with Ancorp, and I think probably a couple others too, is when you launch and you're a threat to other people in the community, I'm not going to name any names here, but when you launch and you're a threat to some of these other shards, to be honest, I don't even really know who it is. Could be, could be salty players from five, 
10 years ago. Who knows? But you definitely run the risk of something with the size of this project. People are going to try and DDoS you. So I think that these guys have actually done a substantial job in trying to plan for that because both of them have seen it occur firsthand before and how much it can do to a server population. So I think that people should feel relatively secure with the fact that we're probably not going to be having a lot of disconnections based on attacks like that. You know, it's happened a few times during the beta where it was pretty strong and it caused some crashes, but I think they addressed it. And I, th- I think they've, they've definitely got their finger on top of it f- for the most part. And Yeah, yeah the DDoS thing is go- it's going to come. Uh, they said they've got the best they can put up the best defense they can do with the with the cost they can afford it and the and the next level of protection is yeah it's like ridiculous. A, a, a substantial increase in money so you know hopefully it's good enough and it probably won't be sustained they'll try to affect the launch and then we should be back to business in a well i've seen it be sustained before but i don't think they had exactly the level of protection that we do so it would probably take a lot more effort yeah I, I, hopefully i really can't play that much until monday so maybe I'll, if there's any kind of issues, maybe I'll miss it by the time I get in. I'm able to play for multiple hours at a time. But the last bit of news, they put in a multi-client rule change with a strong emphasis that you can't use multi-clients in PvP. And it's strictly forbidden, and it will result in all of your accounts being banned. Because you're allowed three clients, and you're allowed to have them on all at the same time. You're allowed to have them in, in all of PvE and, and gathering as long as you're at the client, and you can answer their captcha. So I guess if you're targeting PvP, though, you better drop two of them and only fight with one of them. Yeah, p- pretty much. It's kind of, to me, it seems like a tricky territory, in all honesty. And, and I'm trying to, I've been trying to over you know, the past couple months, kind of, or however long since they made that change, trying to figure out exactly how you would avoid that from a PvE scenario. So let me give you a scenario and tell me what you think. Let's say you've got your three box and something, which... I don't usually three box PVE, but people love to do it. They get their scripts and they just face shit and move on. It's good DPS, I get it. But you're very vulnerable when you do that. So let's say a group of PKs comes, ganks your first guy. He dies. If you take one of the other characters and try to get away and they come for you, are you still engaged in PVP? Can you even fight back at that point? That's a good question. I think you can only yeah I don't know I'm I'm assuming if you have three if you're three boxing something you better stop playing two accounts and focus on one yeah that would be my advice just leave two hanging and whichever one you got the best loot on fucking run but now if one goes down I don't see why you couldn't tab over or or look at the other client and play him out I don't know exactly that would make sense to me but you know the devs aren't dicks I think. Um, they might take it on a case by case basis if you were being defensive um, and not not the per not the person with three counts killing the same people over and over, you know. So what Storm A just said the rules are clarified, um, and you can three vo- three box PVM. You just can't go seeking PVP, right? So I don't know how far that goes either. So like, if you have a script that could instantly jib. With three archers, some guy coming at you. So you can you can three box and defend. He said seeking is the key word. So as long as you're not instigating the scenario, I I suppose you're okay. Okay. 
yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and that's uh, that's kind of how other games treat it. So that makes more sense. Actually having to drop two of your guys and focus on one client felt kind of weird and artificial. So that, that makes more sense. Yeah, I would I would still say on one hand though I can see an angle for some kind of abuse or griefing just by luring monsters onto people and instigating some type of interaction. I, I would say that the way to go in that scenario would just be to run away on your three accounts, but the guy can keep coming back and fucking with you on a character with hundred hiding, hundred stealth. Hey, we're gonna have lots of weird griefing on this server, especially with the different stats and how they adjust things for monsters and PvP. Yeah. And I mean, you, you may have one strategy, just be where you come and, and you unstealth, engage them in PvP just to have them die on something. Because they'll immediately lower all their stats, right? From their PvM bonuses to the PvP bonuses, which could be all it takes to that was, that was a point. That was a point that I brought up in the past. And their answer to me was basically, they don't think it's going to be a viable way to grief people just to drop their PvE bonuses while they're pve I guess their thought is that if all you're doing is going over there to attack somebody and then go back and hide, go gray, go back, attack somebody, hide, and then they lose their bonus, it's not a big deal. But to me, I don't know. I see a lot of avenues for people that are just going to be cheeky fucks running around on stealthers trying to do exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen everything as far as griefing goes over the years, so nothing surprises me. And I think about all of the things I've seen in the past, and I'm like, I don't know. I, I see some avenue for this to be kind of toxic. But I don't know what the fix for it is, really. So, Yeah, I'm not a developer. I don't have an answer for it either. I guess we'll see in action how all this plays out. I mean, I like how they, they've split it up because it lets, lets the, the PVM community actually get meaningful bonuses and, and enjoy content in a new and different way, and they don't mess with the balance of PvP. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, when those two worlds meet, what actually goes down. Yeah, I think it's interesting that some of these PvE, quote-unquote, only skills actually will still give you a PvP bonus. It's not exactly great for your return on the 100 skill points, but if you want to do this thing, you can go up, you can take two of those PvE skills and go up 20% in damage. Granted, you're going to get that out of just anatomy, or just tactics, or whatever. But you can do what you want and still kind of have a little bit of extra uh, viability if you do get attacked, let's say, while you're trying to kill monsters. Well, there's a cap, too, for how much how much damage bonus you can get in PvP, right? I think it's 20%. So between whatever skills you have that add that extra bonus, that's that calculation based on your skill. I think the max that you can go is 20% bonus from those whatever. Five I don't skills. think that cap is there for PVE. If it is, it's much higher. So you can really load up yeah. cam- camping and anatomy. I'm not sure about that. I, I don't think there is one for PVE, but I, I haven't tested PVE enough to, to really. Yeah, I had wondered about that because there's so many skills that add damage. If you tried to stack all of them, you would just have so much in your build. You, you have to cut stuff out, so... You can stack a lot of damage. I think it's fine for that that kind of build. Would be fine for PVE, but the second you get a PVP, yeah, you're going to be gonna a glass cap. cannon. Yeah, uh, it is a good for for anyone starting out on Saturday though. Don't drop anything. Like level up camping. Uh, turn on your yeah. tracking. Get get those bonuses while you can because you hit fifty really quick. 
Well, even just with camping too, it's gonna it's gonna increase the amount people can carry too. So how how long it's gonna be before oh, you yeah. have to either recall, run back to town, whatever you got to do, you can fill up more as long as you have more camping skill. Yeah, camping's yeah. like I never would have thought I was initially gonna put camping on my my minor, but imagine how much ore I can carry with it, yeah, dude. Right, dude. You know? You're like a like a pack horse, pretty much mini mini pack horse. Get a little house next to the mountain, no problem. Just carrying it back and forth, like sprinting back and forth. So we'll need a pack horse so much. Let's roll this right into our launch plans, uh, or at least what you're willing to share. <laughs> you got closely guarded secrets, sure, keep them. But if you have any any pointers, or maybe kind of what you're going to do Saturday and Sunday, I don't know what you're willing to say, Phoenix. Do you have any? Uh... You can be vague. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can be vague. Um... So basically, I, I have a big guild, and we're all trying to focus on a few things. My thing is I like to influence markets that I can have control over. To me, in the past, that's mostly been um, either resources, uh, premium currency, like Dono coins, or on Relpor, it was platinum. Things that have kind of a niche market, I guess resources don't really fall into that category, and I hardly ever fuck with buying regs, but things that are gatherable that you can control a rate at which people that are going to be your competition are gathering them and also help your people to further their agenda that helps the guild in the long run. So a lot of what our launch plans are going to be focused around is, is basically that. I, I think that I'm probably between going into dungeons and stuff once in a while and checking to see if I can score some gold off some noob in the front, I'm mostly probably going to be out in the woods looking for lumberjackers and miners and trying to um, feed that right into uh, the guild crafters. I mean, I think that's probably a pretty obvious plan. Uh, obviously, a lot of those crafters out there are going to be mine too, so it's going to be somewhat on me if they have an issue to come and address it or at least distract the person that, that comes to fuck with them. And I think that a lot of it's a kind of a resource race for us, which is probably an obvious thing for, I think a lot of other guilds, I think maybe we'll take on a little different uh, approach to it because we'll actually go out and kill the competition. Whereas a lot of other people would just try and race or find some angle. Uh, I don't know what my crafters' angles even are because I trust them, and that's their thing. N not, not to mention I wouldn't share it if I, if I did know. And then, basically, my goal as a pirate is to get to sea. Now, I, I'm not gonna, and a lot of the guys in our guild want to too. Um, there's, there's one island with a dungeon specifically that I'm not gonna name. That's only uh, reachable by boat. At first. So somebody's going to have to get there first. And I think a lot of us are going to be archers or macers as well off launch. So really, I think we're more focused on carp at first than smithing. But we do have people addressing both. And both are going to be probably equally as important to us going through the launch. And then, yeah, once we get our head out of the water and I can amass enough money to start a mage and just going to start an archer mage and running through dungeons and wreaking havoc. That's basically the plan. I'll be at sea too. So I don't suggest 
going out to the the ocean, which is smaller here than it has been in the past, uh, and more dangerous. There's a lot of these NPC ships will chase you down. So if you go out to sea and you're not ready to defend yourself to some degree, I would just say I would be very careful and have, you know, some, some kind of backdoor plan where, you know, you, you know, you can get out safely because if you lose your ship, everything that you looted and everything, it's, it's going to be devastating for some people. It's a lot of work to get that, to get that first ship, uh, 1500 wood, 150 iron, 150 cloth. And then I forget if it needed any gold. So I guess the resource cost for that initially isn't that high. It's the but, uh, carpentry skill, right? It, it's a carpentry. It's a big deal. Like 85 carpentry, which is, um, it's a lot. It's 80 hours something to hit, to hit a hundred. So that's probably yeah, 50, 60 hours of, of harvesting or crafting. Um, it's a lot of like both. <laughs> yeah. But if you think about it too, on launch, there's going to be, I, I foresee, at least on launch, macing being the most popular weapon skill for people that are going to be trying to either PVP or get away from PVP at the same time. Um, you're going to force people to have red pots, and a lot of times on launch, these noobs don't carry red pots, and it just makes it an easy fight. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm taking notes right now. Because I have, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> also, I think archery is really, really strong here. And it's more of kind of like the luxury weapon skill because, yeah, you need to have ammo. You, you need to have boards to make that ammo and shit. So it, it costs you more, but it also has a lot of strengths too, both in PvP and in PvE. So I think there's going to be a high demand for things like staves and bows when it launches too so you can kind of turn a profit doing that menial shit while you're still working towards that ultimate goal just selling exceptional shit to people who really need it you know if we have we have some and i'm not going to discuss locations but we have some housing spots that we've picked out and we have some ideas where we'd like to land you know vendor houses and then pvp houses and you know whatever so that's that's basically, I think, the uh, whole entirety of what I'm willing to give away on on launch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you've got way more plan than me and my trip do. Like uh, <laughs> my, my my plan is uh, roll a dexer, probably take uh, peacemaking. Uh, um, that seemed pretty easy and pretty powerful early on. Have fun, make some money, and then I don't know where I go from there. I may make a archer. I don't really know. Well, you got to feel it out, right? You got to figure out. I mean, none of us really probably know everything about the shard, save maybe a few people. So over time, you learn more, and then you go, oh, you know what? I saw this guy do this in a dungeon. looked really fucking cool. Uh, I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to spend the whatever resources it's going to take me to get. I think I saw that Faction Warfare, you don't lose gear. Is that right? Or um, There's something about Faction Warfare that made it easier to get into. So I may, That's a good I question. May, I don't know. I may gateway myself end a PVP that way. Cause the th- thing is I'm competing against guys that have been doing it for 20 years or on multiple shards. And then, you know, here I've, I've got one month in rail poor to leverage here. So I've got a lot to overcome to PVP here. Uh, so it'll probably initially be PVE. And then I'll probably try to get into some faction warfare. And then I think, uh, I may roll a, a full on bard after my initial Dexter bard actually get discordance and stuff like that. So, and, well, and me and my trip, we're trying to get a house. So I don't know 
how oh, yeah. everybody's trying to get a house. Yeah, I don't know how fast me and him can hit 50k. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean, you what guys is- are in a you guys are in a big guild though too. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm sure your guild has plans to get a guild house worse comes the worse. You you always have some place to go. Yeah, we'll be helping them get their house first and that'll probably go up, I'm sure, day 2 or whatever. It'll be, it'll be yeah. fun. You have, you have some we're, monsters in that guild. I, I we've we figured we can get a roll out a um, house in six hours for uh, have a vendor house to start, probably a small one, and then uh, do the guild house next. Yeah, it, before we work on any, any of our own stuff, it'll be that first. So our personal house probably won't go up until a week later, something like that. So... I didn't really mention earlier, but I have a wife and two kids, three dogs. Um, I commute three hours a day. So my job allows me to, you know, get in Discord at work and stuff like that. So managing a podcast, I, I can do some in my uh, free time at work or whatever, but actual playtime is kind of hard for me. So I usually play after the kids go to bed. <clears throat> I might get an hour or two in a night, more on the weekends. When the kids are awake, the only thing I would really do is stuff that doesn't take a whole lot of attention. So my goal is to get a house near some mountains and do some mining uh, when the kids are awake and then, you know, maybe get into some uh, blacksmithing uh, the house up and uh, enough ingots stockpiled to to at least knock out like 10,000 at a time. Um, I think I calculated I'm going to need to run three miners and get like, 70,000 ingots each or something is kind of ridiculous, but you'll be that minor lumberjacker that Phoenix kills day one. I, day two. I, yeah, I think that <laughs> I think that, that the number that I've heard is I feel like substantially less than that, but I I don't remember the exact number, so I oh, I'm sorry. I think I'm quoting the gold, not the ingots, so you would probably divide that by like three or four, but anyway. It's, it's still going to be a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, just the effort it's going to take to be out there surviving against amidst thousand plus people trying to yeah. rip your head off. Uh, I want to, I like a hundred thousand gold cushion before I get into PvP, just so I can stock up twenty sets of armor and regs or whatever I need. Do you do you plan on running like fighting gatherers? Like, are you going to take fighting skills on them? Oh yeah, my uh, yeah. my blacksmith will have um, uh, macing, um, mining. So mining gives macing a little bit more damage. I don't see why you wouldn't because blacksmith take, does too. It takes yeah. so long to level that stuff up to to get a hundred and and lumberjacking or a hundred and mining. It, it's a lot of work, and so you should leverage that into something combat if you can. Well, well, one reason I decided to do it, I kind of ran around the map and I noticed. Compared to the original map, which had a lot of spaces that didn't have any, let's call them tier two mobs, um, this map does. So you want to be able to defend yourself one down yeah. at least, you know. Yeah, if you if you're running along and you got this asshole harassing you while you really want this ore spot you found, you're gonna have to stand your ground at some point. And then yeah. not to mention, not to mention the PvP aspect, where at least if you can heal yourself and maybe hit him a couple times to interrupt him and, and get back to a town, you know, it's probably worth it. Yeah. I'd rather not be an easy target. If I go down, I'm not, I'm not going to 
encourage him to come back every day, you know? Okay. Let's, uh, we've been at this a little while. Let's, uh, let's do the, let's highlight some guilds maybe. Um, I know we got a couple good role playing guilds, a couple good PVP guilds. Maybe we could spotlight a couple of those. I'm not sure all of these are recruiting. While we have Phoenix here, we can talk about some of the PVP guilds that are out there. We, we have your guild. Are, are you guys recruiting Phoenix? Uh, very selectively. Um, in in the past, we've had everything from moles trying to, uh, you know, oust our intel to people that would come in and, and role play a bad character to fail us all in the middle of a boss at some point, like a Leroy Jenkins style, you know. So, yeah, we very selectively recruit. There, there are very few people, and, and then... The process is very, uh, once you get in, it's very, I, I don't want to say high pressure, but like if, if, I, if I become skeptic of what you're doing, it doesn't take much for me to be like, so, yeah, I mean, we are to a certain degree, and I think that on launch, once, a lot of the people that are in my guild right now are people that over the years, I PK'd maybe once, maybe twice, maybe three five times and they get sick of it and they reach out to me and I'm like, dude, it's okay. You know, just, just join them in my guild. We won't have these problems. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how I met Wares. Uh, funny story. Actually, I'll tell a story about Wares real quick. When we were on Relpor. It was like, uh, I want to say it was, it wasn't even two weeks into launch and, and smithing was this massive grind. So, I'm in Discord earlier, and you know, I hear people talk, and they're, they're all chatting about how there's no GM blacksmith. And I'm like, oh, who gives a fuck, whatever. So I go out to the dungeons, and uh, the, the Tamer dungeon that we had at the time was called Saracen, and it was, you know, all the things you would expect, dragons and drakes and shit like that. And uh, I go in there, and I find this Tamer in full Valorite plate armor, full Valorite GM plate armor, and I kill him, like, instantly. And I'm like, I'm picking up his loot, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, who the fuck did I just kill? Nobody knows about this guy. <laughs> so I'm like, going into, I go into Discord, and I'm like, guys, there's definitely a GM tamer. Just saying. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if we had another interaction, or if it was right after that, that he, he joined the crew. I think his guild had kind of mostly fallen off at that point already. Uh, but I just thought that was that was one of those funny cathartic stories from the past where <laughs> where I uh you know I killed a guy and it turned into something you know that was nice because I'm I'm not always a dickhead like a lot of times if I kill somebody and I don't find like you know I find a couple apples six bandages a, a hatchet and you know I don't know a box with a key I'm like, oh, this poor bastard didn't deserve to die. And I'll be like, show, you know, and then I'll res him, heal him up, and be like, sorry about that, dude, later. <laughs> <laughs> but not everybody's like that. And and when on launch, when it comes to your gatherers, probably not going to be like that. Did I get you know, sidetracked? Yeah. yeah, maybe a little bit, but that's a good story. And, and that, uh, that's how a lot of this stuff goes. I, we got like half of our guild in Darkfall that way. You're out killing somebody, and they're like, "Oh, I don't have anyone to join up. Can I join up with you guys?" Even though you just killed them, uh, I've had a lot of like side chats in Eve Online where I kill a guy, and I spend an hour teaching him how to, you know, not suck. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll probably have that here because I'm not. It's a lot longer process in UO, I feel like, than an hour. Yeah, I can believe that too. We have Akasha's Guild. Um, I, I've seen his post in Discord. I've seen it uh, in the forums. But they seem to not be as selective as, as what you're trying to do. So maybe you're going for a, a bit of a bigger guild. They're called Hero. So if you're looking for a PvP, I think he's advertising it as a, as a kind of do-everything guild, which is probably everyone in, the, in this game, because you're not going to be able to PvP without, uh, yeah, without, dun- without dungeoning and crafting. and and Yeah, right. I think that from what I gained from him, because there was a, there was some split that happened um, a little while ago between some of the bigger guilds. He... I think had mentioned it to me or something. And I was like, Oh, I want you to just come to rack. Cause I've played with Akasha in the past. We've talked a bunch. We both have things in common. So I was like, why don't you just come over here? And he talked it over with his wife who also plays with him. And, and he was like, no, I think I'm going to do my own thing, which I was glad to hear because, you know, sometimes I feel like my guild is maybe a little bit too big. And I don't know how active people are really going to be or how, what time zones we're really going to affect. But I just know we have a lot of people, and that kind of worries me because I don't like being that guy. Yeah, it sounds like you, you like to fight from behind a little bit sometimes, and well, if you get too zergy, you can make you unhappy. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes you need Collins too. So, you know, it's never going to be this is never going to be a solo versus solo only s- scenario when you're in dungeons, when you're in factions. You're never going to be fighting somebody. Well, I'm not going to say never, but at least to start, there's not going to be a lot of people you're going to encounter that are going to be red in a dungeon alone. I mean, maybe me, maybe a select few others that are just are extra sneaky or extra persistent, but most people are going to roll out as PKs in groups just because it's easy. You got somebody there to heal you if you're getting fucked up. You know, you got someone else there to rely on for a wall if you need it, you know, things like that. A lot of people feel safer rolling in groups, and it, I mean, it makes sense, but there's nothing you can really do to stop it without completely discouraging group PvP, which a lot of people find really fun, including me. Yeah, and if you're, if you're rolling into PvEers, they're not ready to fight you back. They don't have the PvP build they need to... If they're not in the dungeon in a PvP build, they're in their PvE build. But I think his... His guild started as kind of like... Wanted to be kind of like an RP anti-PK guild. But I don't know. It may have morphed into something else based on the recruits he's getting. I'm not really sure. I know he's not being very picky with the people he takes on. So that would be a good one if you're new and you want to start somewhere and get some PvP knowledge. I know Akasha is pretty good at PvP. Yeah, we had a question from Mug in chat. What do you think of the murder penalties in place? Will they detour any killings? I can give you my Mm -hmm. opinion real quick. It's not going to do shit. (laughs) That's a touchy subject. It's not going to do shit. Money never means anything. You can say all you want about, oh, we've lowered the amount of gold you get in the server. People just, they play way more than you think, and they amass wealth way more than you think, way faster than you think. And it's just... It's especially true for guilds. It's not going to be a harsh enough punishment. I think we're going to be in a PK glory fest here really quick, really often. But they've also said they're willing to to alter what they're going to do. So I guess we'll see how it goes in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm skeptical, though. But I, I also I don't have a lot of UO experience, so I'm, I'm talking out of my ass. <laughs> well, I I have direct experience with this. Like I think two systems very similar to this one in nature, uh, where you basically pay 
pay to play as a PK? A lot of times what ends up happening is that functionally, once you die and you have to pay the penalty, you functionally have to take a timeout on that character, which I think is a good thing. I don't like here how you can reset the long term somehow. I don't feel like as though that should be possible, and I feel like you should pay for each one of them every time you do die. I, I personally would like to see the penalties higher in gold, but I'm also a PK, so I'm not going to rail on about it. I think that the current system in place will deter a lot of your low-end scummy PV PKs. Like... You're gonna, you're not gonna stop the ganking guilds with this kind of system because they're gonna come in and do exactly what I was talking about earlier. Scout a scenario, come in with fucking ten guys, dunk your five people that have been that are all PVE characters that have been working on this thing for God knows how long they take. I don't know. I haven't done one, and they're gonna walk back out with all the loot, and it's gonna be easy for them to afford the next time they die. But I think that the, the lower level guys that you have that are going to be either solo PKs or just shit PKs that come in and kill noobs and nothing else and are really basically harmless are going to get pushed out of the system, which I think is a good thing. Like I said, I would like to see the prices a little bit higher personally just because it doesn't seem like much to me. And I know that in the past I've been able to afford way more. That, that, that's, that's more optimistic than I was thinking it would, it would be. I agree. Maybe not raise the prices immediately, but soon after, because yeah, it's it's not going to put a dent in a lot of people. I think you can easily gauge it within a week or two of of how griefy PKs are able to be at that price range, and and you have to understand too. There is a tipping point at some point. It's not just money doesn't matter, gold doesn't matter. When you rack up so many fucking kills and you finally die and it all just explodes on you, it becomes expensive. On Relpor, there was times I paid out 40,000, 50,000 gold after huge sprees just because that was how much it costed. And to me, that was, that was a lot. Like, I was costing myself a lot when I took a hit like that. But in the same vein, every time I killed somebody that had a freaking rare on them, you know, that's 20k. Bam. You know, if you're killing people that are high priority targets that have really expensive loot on them, it's going to pay for it probably. So Nate, uh, just yeah. make sure you you look like a hobo when you're out running around. <laughs> right. No, I, I, if it cur <laughs> if it curbs the uh, the gank fest trash type of PvP, I think that's that's job done. I'll I'll take that kind of system. If it leaves in what you're talking about, where you're seeking something that's worth worth killing, then that that sounds like it's just a part of the game. I, I'm just always skeptical when it's only money. I, I'd rather see some kind of uh, like I don't know something that makes it worth not going red, or, or you know, you leave people with a, a carrot on a stick rather than penalizing them. I'm just gonna say that I grew up in an age of stat loss, and I experienced that. And yeah, yeah, it sucked, but it was the price of being a fucking red. So if you don't want stat loss, don't go red. Yeah, I guess that is one big thing on the server. There's no stat or the stat loss It'll, thing. Is it would turn new. a lot of people off, though. Yeah, it's a delicate balance. If you ruin it for the guys that like PvP, they don't have fun and they they don't play your game. Um, but then at the same time, if they're out wreaking havoc on your server, then yeah, no one, no one wants to play it either. Uh, it's probably not a win-win for anybody. I don't I don't envy these guys trying to balance it properly. Uh, okay, we we went over all the PvP guilds. 
I don't know much about these role-playing guilds, but some of these look really cool. I, I know the uh, orc role players are always big. Um, so they're, they're here in force. Um, the Boulder Fist Orc Clan. I think there's one more out there. Uh, I saw one called House Dane of Starfall. They seem really cool. And then uh, they've been these guys have been spamming Discord all the time. The uh, Imperium Prevalia. <laughs> sounds like they're going for a light RP or they're trying to role play like Roman soldiers and Prevalia. I, I envy RPers. I'm not really one myself. I mean, I, I play D&D every Sunday. I don't really do it in, in MMOs. But one thing about a role player is they can always extract fun out of the worst situations in the worst games. Uh, like uh, uh, Fallen Earth. That game's been dead for like five years, but it has a really big role playing community, and those guys just endlessly have fun. So I kind of wish I was one because then I think these MMOs would be a lot more entertaining. And, and I think I think you owe they add a lot of flavor to server, especially the orcs. I've been in guilds with guys that do that, and me, it's not my style. Like I'll kill you and I'll talk talk with you after. And I have a light RP element to me because I get the pirate <laughs> thing going on, but. I, yeah. I, I couldn't be that guy with like preset hotkeys to like talk shit as I'm walking in to kill you in an RP style. That's just not. It is entertaining though. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, didn't you have some general guilds out there? Uh, our guild we chose to join is uh, Beard Brothers, led by Papa Carl. He's been streaming a lot of UO lately. There's uh, the Exile Company, led by Click CLX. He hosted the AMA stream. The, uh, the other day, so uh, those are probably two good options. I think they're both still recruiting. Uh, Beard Brothers definitely seem more PVE oriented, but I mean, just like anything else, we'll, we'll probably be doing lots of everything. You guys are going to get forced into PvP probably a lot because you have such a big group. Yeah, and, and I, I imagine lots of stream sniping. <laughs> yep, yep. Believe me, being on the end of that, it's definitely a thing. And and then uh, recently, I think you, you sent me a... Um, a link wine trip. There's a couple trading guilds out there. The one I think at least is initially the most interesting is uh, the black market merchants guild. And they're trying to foster a, a discord community to help do some trading. I think we've covered all the guilds. Uh, let's see what else we got on here. Um, okay. We can do predictions. What do you think uh, the population will hit Phoenix? Uh, what are we talking about? Clients or active people? Let's do it. Just active people, I guess. Well, if you look at the Discord, there's a massive amount of people in there right now. I think I haven't looked in a while, but I know it was up, I think over 1,600 or something. Not all of those people in Discord are active, obviously, so you got to kind of shave that number a little bit. But you also got to account there's going to be a certain amount of people that come find the server on the internet, don't ever log into the Discord because they give a shit less. They just want to play the game solo and check it out, and they're not going to be in the Discord. So. I think given everything, if I was to take a stab at the jelly beans in the bowl, I would say probably like maybe 900 people that are going to play. That, yeah, it seems low. But, it, uh, yeah, it could be way more. Right? Well, I, but I guess if you have multiple counts on, that's going to look... Well, look yeah, if number, you think it'll, of, it'll be 2,000, something like that. If you think about 900 people actively playing on three accounts, that's, uh, that's 2,700 clients. Yeah. Yeah, so, that'll be the, definitely the biggest shard we've seen in a long-ass time. 
yeah, with without any boosting really either. These these guys don't have that on their their agenda to like, put like I I don't want to talk shit about any servers, but I played a certain UOR server where I I tried it for a second because there was a bunch of my friends that were going there. So in the wake of something else, so I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, I'll try it. I've played UOR before; I can handle. It. So we went, and you know, I first logged in. I go through Oclo, and there's all these fucking people around, and I'm like, damn, there's, there's a good amount of people here. Okay, uh-huh. get some back sitters. That's good. Went out in the world, hardly ever seen anybody. Every time I come back to Oclo Bank, everybody's standing in the same fucking spot, and I'm like, something's not quite right here. Like, I don't know if it's just that many people AFKing at a bank on a shard they never play, but I would like to think not. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you ever figure out what was going on? Or I didn't really delve into it. I just left. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that's the advantage of Outland and its map, I think, too. Half the size and drawing the population uh, to, to hotspots, PvP hotspots especially. Well, not only that either, but people are going to have to run out and physically explore the world in order to figure out their bearings because they haven't been here before. They don't know where they're going, really. I mean, there are certain things that help, like the Atlas, you know, Ultima Mapper looks really good to me at, at first glance. I just downloaded it the other day, but going through, it's very helpful, I could see, to somebody that's fairly new to the game because it, it'll show you all the aggro mobs and shit that drops good loot what level it is what its stats are it's, it's a little crazy. it's a little out of date because uh i think black tea made that three or four months ago but it's an awesome resource yeah especially yeah i've i've found it i've been running some dungeons and taking a look at it over the last couple days since i've downloaded it, and most of it seems pretty accurate yeah so i got booted from the server but i don't think the server went down I crashed, but I think it was just because what was going on in my town. Probably. Yeah, I am. St- I am still in the uh, the test server, so it's still up for yeah. me. I see a lot of people there. Uh, yeah, I think mine was probably more of a Steam issue. Probably. Oh yeah, it's a shit show where I'm at. My ISP is hit and miss. Some days it's really good, some days it's not. So, apologize for that. Okay, so where where are we at now? Uh, I think we're let's, let's wrap up. Phoenix, you got any like final story you want to share with us or anything cool you could Well I was I was thinking about this earlier. There's a lot of things that I, I was that were going through my head, but I think probably the most raw story that I could give is one from way back in my Chesapeake days. There was two moments. Uh it was so like it was me and my best friend, like I said, that would play the game together. I remember getting up on 56k dial up you know and then having another phone in the hand and that's how we like dis- discorded back in the day you know it was like so rustic now that i look back at it but it worked we could at least communicate when we were doing shit without having to type and uh so we farmed and farmed and farmed and we worked as hard as we could he got into dealing with real estate and he made us a ton of money doing that just flipping houses and then one day we finally saved up enough for the house that he wanted which was a villa and we had it for a few months and it was a great house good location i mean nothing nothing spectacular but you know it was peaceful and 
hardly anybody ever came around. That was all we really wanted back in the day. And then one day he got scammed out of it during a real estate deal. So oh, was he trying to sell it or, or he was trying, or? well, he was just trying to move up the chain because that's basically what he was doing at the time. And it was working, uh, until the scam. But anyway, so that, there went like both of our life savings down the drain in one day because he did something <laughs> stupid and he felt wicked, shitty and guilty about it and all this shit. But I didn't really, I was like, whatever, dude, it's just a house. You know, we'll get another one. It's not a big deal. And he, but he took it real personal and, and he started, started to sort of fall off a little bit after that. I feel like it really affected him, but I kept playing because I was addicted and ended up saving enough so that I could get a, um, I wanted a PVP house at the time. I was getting into UOR PVP, and I wanted a PVP house outside of, like, I don't know, a main moon gate or some PVP hotspot. So I ended up finding this guy selling a uh, small tower by the U gate, and it was, I think, about a screen from the U, U moon gate. So it was really close, and I like towers. So... I go ahead, buy a tower, and I'm PvPing out of it for a few weeks, and it's fun. I'm house hiding against gank squads and shit like that, getting away, and you know, killing the killing the random person here and there every once in a while with a stupid para blow. And one day, same thing, I got a good offer on it, and uh, zippity zappity, goodbye, fucking t- tower. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, I I went into town. And I sat there and I put up a macro on, like, I think it was just some other random alt. And I put up a macro saying, people suck in all caps for, like, an hour straight. And I was just standing there and people were coming over and giving me shit. And I just kept spamming the macro and watching them, like, fuck you guys. Like, you guys fucking suck. I was so salty. And I guess the reason I wanted to tell these two stories over any other ones is don't ever take anybody in the UO universe as your friend or going to not take advantage of you because at the end of the day, it very well could happen right under your nose. Even, even if it's a long con, I've seen it happen time and time again. So be very careful with who you trust and when you go to do something secure, like sell a house deed on this shard, make sure you've got your fucking ducks in a row because otherwise somebody's going to steal your fucking deed, fuck your whole day up, and then you're going to get fucking salty. I, I think there's actually a system on this shard for selling your house that seems a little more secure than, than trying to... I'm sure there is. I'm just talking to the people that are out here trying <laughs> to sell a house deed. Like maybe they got an extra house deed or something like that they don't need. I, I don't know how... The system works itself. I'm just saying the moral of the story is don't trust other people you don't really, really, really know. Yeah, that's probably a good uh, point of advice to take. It doesn't matter, man. I think we'll have enough people on the shard. There's going to be suckers. Oh, there's so. going to be – yeah, there's going to be dirtbags everywhere. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be plenty of dirtbags, probably more dirtbags than there are suckers, but there'll be suckers for sure. <laughs> so Yeah. Hey, my trip, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. 
so thanks for everybody for uh tuning in uh we'll try to get this up on itunes and uh i'm gonna get a pot, uh, website up this weekend with links to the podcast in case you guys want to re-listen or tune in to the next one but yeah um thanks for joining us phoenix it's been awesome to to have someone with your experience uh on the show yeah cool hanging out i was glad i could say say a few things to help you guys out i i hope Everything that you're doing goes well. I think it's a great thing for the Shard, and I think that obviously you've got some attention already. I think it only grows from here. Yeah. Well, bear with me, guys. I am new to this, and uh, we're going to work through these issues and try to bring you a better podcast. Uh, Nate, thanks for being here. Um, I know you had to fend off some spousal aggro, which you accomplished successfully. So appreciate (laughs) that. (laughs) Yeah, I I think we're going to keep the live format listen to us live you'll hear us set up you'll hear us uh troubleshoot like we did earlier and then um but then if you if you don't like the live thing well we'll have a nicely edited show you know two or three days later that'll come up with you know without any hiccups you heard probably during the live show yeah hopefully my uh crackling issues don't persist Uh, (laughs) i can try to do some things but i'm not sure if it's going to help in the near future we're moving to high uh, population area with better internet so uh maybe in a couple months that might be the solution if it continues but uh we'll we'll edit these out and try to make them tolerable if you listen to them on the uh, on the feeds or whatever all right yeah thanks guys appreciate everyone stopping in and listening and hanging out with us during the stress test i think it was successful and and you know give us your ideas if you have any Uh, we'll try to incorporate them into the show yep and um one more thing i would like to thank uh the developers for all the work they've done here this is coming to us free free content so uh appreciate it it's uh it's been awesome what you guys have worked on good job yeah it's yeah, crazy. that's one thing people forget before they before they rail on someone is all these man hours bringing this uh outland shard it's to their child you're ribbing <laughs> yeah Lucius actually does get paid for doing this because he does it at his regular job. So besides him, they don't get paid. <laughs> I feel like some some asshole on some of the shards and to find his employer and like, <laughs> oh, uh, <dog> <laughs> yeah. And 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 thanks, Phoenix. Uh, appreciate you you coming on and, and spending an hour and a half with us. A good time. Yeah, and, I didn't uh, I didn't expect it to be as long as it was, but it was uh, it was a good time. And hopefully, you guys got some good stories or something i think this will yeah. be a common theme we all we all like this game and when, when we bring people on they uh they'll have a lot to say so yeah th- <laughs> thank you yeah sorry if i interrupted a couple times <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll we'll, uh, we'll see everyone saturday for lunch all right. all right cool see you guys there good luck don't die